All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted jewelry that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has you covered. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. One more deep breath in and out. Yesterday, when Senator Bernie Sanders suspended his campaign for the presidency, it meant that former Vice President Joe Biden had a clear path to the Democratic nomination. It was not long ago that pundits speculated that Biden's campaign was on the ropes after Iowa and New Hampshire. But as many noted, that was before any states with large black populations voted. Biden has a lot of support among especially older African-Americans. The Democratic Party relies on the black vote. But the question is often, does it take it for granted? It's one of the many questions our next guest tackles in her book, Prejudential, Black America and the Presidents. It's by New York-based writer and activist Margaret Kimberly, who's been an editor and senior columnist for Black Agenda Report since 2006. Her work focuses on peace and justice issues. Her new book offers a very different take on presidential history than what has been previously written. For one, she argues that every president in U.S. history, no matter what party affiliation, perpetuated racist policies designed to curb the creation of a truly equal and just society. The book also dissects the narratives that have been built around our presidents and looks at what has been omitted in the process. Margaret Kimberly joins us now. Margaret, welcome to all of it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So when you sat down to write this book or thought about this book, what did you see as your goal? Well, I, I've always felt that uh, uh, history in this country is not taught very well. There are certain people whose stories are left out, uh, or um, there are outright lies. And both of those things are true whenever you talk about the history of black people in this country. Um, that also means that powerful people, such as the presidents, get a pass. And uh, many of their actions are hidden from us, unless you really uh, know the history for yourself and are determined to uh, find out more on your own. So uh, that was my goal in writing the book, was to provide that history to fill in those blank uh, spaces so that people can have a better understanding of uh, the country, of the past, and of our present as well. The format of the book is there are timelines at each section that give you a sense of what was happening during that historical period. Why did you want to include those timelines? Well, I felt it gave uh, context to each story. The book is it's 45 uh, chapters, 45 essays, one for each president. And uh, we see that there are, are certain points in history where uh, there were certain dynamics taking place, such as uh, uh, obviously the years before the Civil War, uh, Reconstruction, the uh, later 20th century, and so on. So I think it really helps to have uh, broken it up in that way and give readers a greater understanding of what they were uh, about to learn about each administration. Your first section is about the Founding Fathers, and you talk about this legend that George Washington's teeth were wooden. We know they weren't. They were actually the teeth of enslaved people. So what does that story represent to you regarding the narratives told around the Founding Fathers? 
Well, it's important for us to um, to be honest about the foundations of the country. Uh, of the first 12 presidents, 10 of them were slaveholding. Uh, George and his wife, Martha, actually, Martha Washington owned far more people than her husband. She owned over 200. He owned uh, about 50. And uh, it's important to know that that is a fact. And it is important to know uh, about the cruelty of slavery. It wasn't some uh, unpleasant thing. It was uh, maintained by uh, by violence. And so there were uh, some of the people that Washington owned who had their teeth extracted, and they were transplanted to him. Um, and tooth extraction, even today, is pretty brutal, even with painkillers and mo- modern medicine. I can't imagine what it was like in the 1700s, and to have uh, your teeth taken out so they could be given to someone else. But uh, it's important to know the horror of slavery, the fact that it is the foundation of our country. Anti-black racism is foundational. Um, the, uh, the fact that the U.S. is a settler colonial state, impacted the very beginning and still impacts us now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to tell um, uh, stories like this, which people may find distressing or unpleasant, but uh, life was uh, more than distressing and unpleasant for the people who lived uh, under chattel slavery until 1865. Let's talk about John Adams and John Quincy Adams. You write about John Adams. He bragged that he never had a slave. How did his actions compare to his words? Well, it's true he was not uh, a slaveholder, although I I have to also add that in Massachusetts at that time, there was slavery allowed in Mm -hmm. the North. It was legal until the early, depending on the state, 1820s, 1830s, uh, so he could have been. But uh, while he bragged about not having been a slaveholder, he was quite racist. He was very fearful of the uh, free black population. He was one of those who advocated for colonization, that is, sending black people out of uh, the country. And he said so many times. He, uh, While he said he and bragged about not being a slaveholder himself, he gave a pass to those who were He said that uh, the Southerners can't be blamed and they're going to have a gradual end of slavery, none of which was true, by the way. Um, And so it's important to know uh, these things about him, because he's one of those uh, who is held up as being one of the quote-unquote good presidents. And he may have been in some ways, but uh, as far as black people are concerned, he was not. You know, that any time you bring up this issue... uh our Twitter lights up. I'm sure your Twitter lights up. I've actually interviewed <laughs> historians and and talked to them about this, challenged them on the way they've written about presidents, and people get very upset. Why do you think this upsets people so much? Well, I, I think most people want to feel a connection with a larger society. They want to, most of us feel a strong connection with a group, with the nation, with its history, with our ethnic or racial group. It, um, and people want to feel positive. So this is very hard for Americans because uh, we are generally told positive things about the country. It's a great country. There were, you know, these people who did terrible things to other human beings. We've been told our whole lives that they were brilliant, that they uh, wrote the Declaration of Independence, or they did something uh, that uh, can be considered worthy. 
And uh, it's hard for people to disassociate themselves from uh, from these people that they've admired their whole lives um, when you tell them something truthful. But um, I, I think it's time for Americans to, frankly, to, to grow up about this. Um, the fact that we and, – and also I think we have to acknowledge we're propagandized. Americans don't like to think of themselves that way. But the fact that you see their face on the money, that the capital is named after the first president, states named after them, schools named after them, um, and uh, we're told all these positive things. So it's hard for, it's always hard to hear um, uh, information that's new to you, especially if it's something negative about something you're positive about. But it's time to get over it, time to grow up. Uh, Americans love to tell other people about their history. Uh, we're always uh, asked if uh, the Germans have um, uh, sufficiently apologized for the Holocaust. Uh, did the Japanese tell the truth about uh, sex slavery during World War II? Well, if we can ask those questions about other people, we can ask it about this country as well. My guest is author Margaret Kimberly. The name of her book is Presidential Black America and the Presidents. And as I was reading through the book, I just I thought about this, that, you know, more presidents come from the state of Virginia than any other Mm -hmm. state. So it would make sense if you're from Virginia that you had a strong pro-slavery stance and Virginia was a place of the wealthy, hence the plantations, health enslaved people. So it really shouldn't be it's surprising in and of itself because of Virginia's history, capital, the Confederacy, you can go on and on. So what should we do with this information? What do you think we need to do with this information about our presidents? We have to learn it, and we have to pass it on. And Mm -hmm. I I guess those people who do feel the need to talk about the discomfort that they feel uh, should should talk about it. But um, uh, there are those of us who are beyond that discomfort, and we should not silence ourselves. You know, it's funny, in in 2017, when uh, Trump was first elected, and there was this, um, I'm only, I'm going to call it a riot in Charlottesville, Virginia, Mm -hmm. Uh, white supremacists versus those who, who bravely uh, opposed them and wanted mm-hmm. people to know that they should not be given free reign. And uh, one person was tragically killed. And yeah. so there was a discussion about monuments, about the Confederate monuments. And uh, Trump said, uh, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to take down uh, Washington and Jefferson's monuments? And the New York Times polled their, its readers, and only 4 or 5% wanted to take down monuments of Washington and Jefferson. Now, these are New York Times readers. They're not, uh, or don't think themselves white supremacists at any rate. But uh, so for uh, such a large percentage of the country to have, uh, to be so um, committed to uh, standing up for this this horrible ugliness is is very disturbing, but if if Americans are as great as they always claim to be, it's something that that has to begin now. So you have to talk about people being slaveholders. You have to take down the monuments, and that is what a mature country ought to do. But uh, we're talking. But when you talk about the past, it means you're talking about the present. Right. So if you acknowledge, and this is what people are uncomfortable about, if you, uh, if you acknowledge all this horror that took place before, you have to talk about some of the horrors taking place now. And I think that's what's very difficult. 
In reading your book, also, I got the sense that hypocrisy is something that you truly want to call out. So of all the presidents, who did you think was the mo- has been the most hypocritical about maybe their public face towards black Americans versus or the, mm-hmm. le- or the myth of the legends around them and black Americans and the reality? Well, Jefferson comes to mind. He was a large slaveholder himself. He always claimed he thought slavery was wrong, and you know, but he never, uh, he never gave up any of the people. Never freed anybody in his lifetime. Lincoln uh, uh, said, "If uh, slavery isn't wrong, nothing is wrong." But he was not anti-slavery. He wanted to. Uh, keep the union together, and he famously said uh, if he could do that by ending or continuing slavery, he would do whichever one kept the union. But thanks to the enslaved people who started to free themselves, uh, every time union soldiers approached, they would run to union uh, lines, run to uh, safety. Uh, Not always safety, but um, at any case, they were running away from slavery. Uh, He... Uh, was forced, little by little, he was forced to say that this was a war against slavery. However, he never gave up the goal of colonization. He, as late as a week before he was assassinated, uh, proposed getting black people out of the country. So that's a great uh, uh, hypocrisy. And then there are those in uh, the modern era, uh, FDR, uh, he was beloved, is beloved by people of that generation, but uh, at that time, the Democratic Party was the party of the segregated South, and uh, he always made excuses for not doing more, saying he couldn't afford to uh, alienate Southerners in Congress, but um, so he never uh, passed anti-lynching legislation, which uh, people fought for for many, uh, many decades. And then we come to, you know, people like Bill Clinton, who, uh, because he was a Democrat, and at that time things had switched, and uh, the Democrats were the preferred party uh, of black people, and uh, uh, Clinton was, I, I think it's accurate to say, he was uh, loved. But he he showed his true colors during the campaign. He left the campaign trail to execute a mentally disabled uh, black man, the sister soldier moment of embarrassing Jesse Jackson, holding a photo op with uh, black men in prison garbs, pr- proving his uh, anti-crime credentials, uh, the welfare so-called reform, which plunged already poor people deeper into poverty, the crack cocaine laws, which uh, really ramped up during his presidency that put uh, so many thousands of black people in jail. I think he is, uh, of the modern presidents, the most hypocritical. Who was the least hypocritical of all the presidents, the clearest, and how he felt (laughs) about black people? Good or bad? Somebody somebody really horrible like Andrew Jackson. You know, he was a slaveholder. He he, uh, practiced ethnic cleansing in the Southeast. Um, This is genocide that we're talking about, pushing the Native population um, uh, out of that pop part of the country to accelerate uh, the plantation uh, uh, economy. So, uh, but he was honest about it. He never claimed to say that slavery was wrong. Um, and uh, so you can say he was as awful as he was, not a hypocrite. Um, of the modern presidents, I'd say one of the worst is Ronald Reagan. He uh, was, uh, and Trump is not, by the way, the first president 
to uh, use racism as a mm. tool of getting votes. So Reagan talked about the welfare queen and a strapping young buck using food stamps. Um, he talked about states' rights in, in Mississippi, no less. So uh, he was quite uh, clear about using uh, racism as a means of getting uh, votes. The name of the book is Presidential, Black Americans and the Presidents. It's by Margaret Kimberly. Margaret, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, well, thank you so much. All of it is supported by Majuri, makers of handcrafted, ethically sourced jewelry for every day that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Majuri has taken the guesswork out of gifting, offering everything from dainty 14K solid gold pieces to pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and more. Make it personal with an engraving, or if you can't decide, check out their curated gift guide. Let them take care of the rest, gift wrapping included. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it.